The Solid Waste Association of North America urges the public to take necessary steps to protect sanitation workers from coming into contact with potentially contaminated items. Solid waste collection is a critical and essential job as part of the response to the coronavirus pandemic. The men and women working in the waste and recycling industry are on the front lines protecting human health and the environment. Welcome to Fairfax County's EnviroPod. I'm Scott Coco. This show is where we talk about everything environment here in Fairfax County, and especially what the folks here from our Department of Public Works and Environmental Services do to protect, maintain, repair, and improve our lives. Today, we're going to talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic and all the residents staying at home has impacted the county's trash and recycling procedures. Our guest is John Kellis, the Deputy Director of Fairfax County's Solid Waste Management with DPWES. Hi, John. Thanks for joining us in these turbulent times, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. So to start off, um, tell me a little bit about what you do and um, how long you've been with the county, and uh, how'd you get into waste management? Uh, um, well, uh, the Solid Waste Management Department is um, about 275 folks that, um, from uh, from inspectors to environmental folks that do monitoring, to and we're a little different in Fairfax County that not only are we a regulator of the haulers of the entire county, but we're also a market participant. We actually do some collection internal through our sanitary district system. Um, we have a transfer station. We have a couple of closed landfills, and um, as I described, the the collection company. So that's kind of the big overview of what we do. There's a lot of intricacies in that. Um, I've been in the solid waste business for about 35 years. Um, my father was in the solid waste business, so um, and I've moved um, all around North America in the business. From his last name's not Soprano, is no, it? No. Okay. No. <laughs> But uh, but I did work out of New York City for a while. So, um, but it was uh-huh. all over the place. That's what kind of brought me here. And I've been with Fairfax County for almost seven years now. So, um, with my wife, we moved out here, and we really enjoy it. So, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just a family business. Why Why did you get into it, or just what you guys know? Um, yeah. It was. Uh, it's It's interesting that it's always you know it's it's working with the environment, and you would think. Um, uh, it's not a career that a lot of people think about. Once you get into it, you realize how sophisticated it is, the environmental controls, the people. It's ever-changing every day, um, whether it's on the landfill side, disposal, waste energy, our collection company, our transfer stations. It's a small group of people that are just wonderful, That people that um, are in the industry pretty much stay with it their whole life. Is you. You get to do so many environmental things. And I guess it has it changed quite a bit. I mean, if you've been into it that long, how has it really, the face of it changed over time? Yeah, there's some of the things that have just changed dramatically. And some of them you look at and go, you know, this hasn't moved much. But um, the environmental controls from like the mid-80s when I started to to today are, are just uh, massive. And then you think about, you know, we're looking at things like a solar field on the landfill now, and um, we have uh, beehives or, uh, you know, 
just all the environmental things we're doing, glass recycling, and it's just really becoming dynamic of all the things that, um, you know, turning the closed landfills into a real community benefit where people can come and and see this diversity of environmental activities. So, and, and so, um, I, I know this is exactly what we planned, but but it's very interesting. So, what do you see as far as some future things that that the the county and that things are kind of moving towards or looking forward to in the future? Well, um, we're looking at a lot of things. Uh, we're doing end-use planning for the facilities, as I brought up. Um, we're looking at solar on our, uh, just for example, on our transfer station, which is a real large building. Um, we're looking at uh, solar panels for the top of that. That's a big um, power consumer. We're looking at um, more organics, more food waste, more organics in general from the households. How do we get to that? That's a big percentage of our waste stream. And uh, it's one of the things left that we could really make a difference in our waste flows. And, and that's something that in the past people may have traditionally composted and or, or, or explain that a little bit. Well, we haven't really, of all the things we've done in recycling across the country, um, <clears throat> And there's some exceptions to this, but it's one of the things that is still not completely uh, used as widely as it can be is really capturing the organic fraction of our waste stream. We've mm -hmm. looked at, you know, the standard things like glass and tin and aluminum and things like that. But um, the last thing left that's a, of a sizable component is really the organic stream that oh, can be completely recycled. So trying to get it to um, facilities that can manage it and compost it, and also the collection of it from home to home to home. We actually have some small businesses that are starting up in the county right now that are offering kind of a, a subscription service. Um, so it's, it's breaking in, but it's not quite as widespread as we'd like to see it yet. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the amount of trash in Fairfax County and the percentage of what the county collects and who collects it? There's about, um, our program manages about 675,000 tons of waste, solid waste here a year. Um, that goes to, just from the, what we call household trash, um, and that goes to the Covanta plant, the, the energy from waste plant down in Lorton. And, um, the county is split up. Uh, we do about, we're, these are rough numbers, but our sanitary districts account for about 10% of the county, and the other 90% is through private um, haulers. And so talk to me a little bit about after <clears throat> uh, late March, some of the changes that you have noticed, um, the impacts of social distancing, folks staying at home, the school closings. What has happened to the trash in Fairfax County? Well, uh, the, you know, this COVID situation that we have in solid waste, this is, the, this is the largest single thing I've experienced in my entire career, um, that we so quickly had to shift a lot of long-term practices that we did with... Um, uh, with our employees, with the way we handle things, with our staffing, with, with our PPE, with everything, it just really kind of changed on a dime. Um, and we can get into that further, but 
but to answer the second part of your question, um, the we've seen the volumes had shift obviously from commercial, you know, really going down to a minimal amount, to our residential volumes increasing, you know, with our company, with our collection company, and the privates, the residential, obviously, with everyone at home, started to really grow. So. Um, and what are some of the um, what are the concerns? What what is what is what have you all had to change specifically because of COVID nineteen? Well, with social distancing, we had we had actually had before this started, we had three people in the cab of a truck, and uh, and if if you've ever been in the cab of a commercial truck, um, there's no way we were getting six foot distancing. Um, it is really our number one goal. We have really, really worked for years on safety for our employees and the PPE we had to employ um, to, to gear up that quickly, obviously with everyone reaching out for it, the federal government, the state government, um, OEM, everyone reaching out for that PPE, how, to, how we could make that shift. And it should, we should remember also, Scott, that we went into this situation with a national CDL, commercial driver's license shortage in the country. Mm -hmm. So we were running continuous ads going into this, trying to keep enough um, commercial driver's license uh, folks to that that can man these vehicles. So, um, but, uh, you know, we've been adjusting to that and uh, the PPE for our folks and the gloves and the masks. And uh, um, we actually, uh, we've taking people out of the cabs of the truck. We have follow vehicles for certain vehicles of the truck. And then um, also the what we're describing for residents, the way to put out their waste stream. Okay, so w- what are we describing to residents? How do we need residents to change a little bit uh, based on the practices and the staffing that you have to do? Well, it's, it's quite a change for residents. Um, it is uh, that, you know, we've always pretty much had a loose practice, us. And when I say us, I'm trying to, sometimes it's us, our hauling company, and sometimes it's the private industry. But let's just describe this as an industry. Um, typically, when stuff was left on the street alongside the cans, we would just pick it up and throw it in, and the people would manually bend over and pick it up and get it in their arms and throw it in the back of the truck. With this COVID situation, you can imagine how nervous people are to go to the gas station or go to the grocery store and touching door handles. Well, you can imagine our folks that are going throughout the community touching everyone's things. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's people that, you know, in the homes that ha- are obviously fighting the virus and stuff. So we really uh, can't have our folks touching that many surfaces during the day and bending down and physically picking up this material. So what we've asked folks to do is um, place everything in the container, and then that limits that touch. Once our folks grab the container and push it to the lift on the back of the truck, they can dump that, and that's about as limiting the touches as we can get and still do the collection and keep, keep everyone safe. We are really asking folks to double bag and make sure that they don't have stuff in their can loose we were having our employee uh, employees experience and, you know, uh, whatever folks are going through in the house and then it comes out of the can and hits the street and stuff. So we're, we're really asking the material in the cans to be bagged up. Um, and then the biggest change um, 
is really eliminating the yard waste collection, mm -hmm. and that is where I've gotten most of the comments back. During spring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when everyone is home and staring at their lawns and wanting to take care of it. <laughs> right. Um, and so that what, what that is is w inside of that, we've, we've discontinued the glass program that we're so proud of yeah. and we're so excited to get back to. And really, it's the one good thing is is the way people have embraced this. The number of complaints we got when we pulled that those containers in, it's just really heartwarming to see the way the people have adopted that program. So when people say yard waste, that's probably not as many touches and glass. How come? What does glass have to do with all this? Where they're all tied together is this is the same group of drivers. We only have so many commercial drivers mm -hmm. that do all these tasks. So when they're not collecting glass, they're on a truck. And when they're not on that truck, they're on a, a different roll-off truck or a different rear load truck that you see come through the neighborhood. We've been experiencing 30 to 40% of our staff out with the same things that everyone else is struggling with is childcare and self-isolation and all those things that everybody's going through. So we've, we're nominally about a 30 to 40% out of work. So those drivers were all pulled in because the one critical, the most critical thing we need to do is the solid waste. Mm -hmm. um, we can't ask people to manage their own solid waste. We can't ask them to recycle their own material and make it into new products. But the one thing we're looking for help from the public is, is they have a chance to determine the yard waste. Like, can they mulch it? Can they compost it? Can they, um, you know, take those activities? It's the one thing that we think they can have an effect on because we really can't ask them the other things. And the solid waste is the thing that affect all of our health. So that's what we've dropped back to is to really get that done. I think that's a great point. And I, I also um, last week put out... Uh, Supervisor Walkinshaw from the Braddock District, he had a, a town hall, and what he tried to remind his uh, constituents and the residents here in the county is that all of these folks that, are, um, that work on the trucks and that are working with the materials and picking up, you know, all of these companies, including all the employees in the county, they also have to be home. They also mm -hmm. have to be home with their kids, or they're getting sick, or um, they are social distancing like everyone else. And I, I, I'm sure you're getting your department and the supervisors, they're all getting complaints and questions, and um, people don't necessarily get all these answers handed to them right away. Uh, I imagine the complaint lines and the people are calling but everyone's got to remember that everybody's doing this. It's mm -hmm. not just folks that are used to going in offices that, you know, everyone that's driving around, everyone that has to come in contact and bend over and pick up this stuff, even if they're wearing gloves, if they put it on their chest, they, they couldn't, you know, touch and inhale something in. And, and so that it's such a great point to remind everybody that this is something that that's going on and i guess just getting the word out so people have an understanding uh of, of what's happening what kind of response have you gotten from the public so far well uh you know to be honest there's a lot of concern about the yard waste and we're getting feedback on that and, and as i said the glass program and and um and other stuff but there has been some um 
really heartwarming thank yous and and notes and thank yous and people coming out and meeting our drivers on the route and really you know whether you're uh a delivery person or working at a grocery store or delivering packages that we all need these are the folks just like in solid waste that are just you know they're not the highest paid but they're um i go down with them in the morning when they're going out and whatever location at and just and to see the the drive that these folks have to realize to come in that this is what's keeping the community safe and and everyone well by getting the solid waste We'll get back to the other stuff, and I think as soon as we get our staffing levels up, um, that will come. Um, You might need to double up on the Purple Can Club. Right. (laughs) We were, you know, interestingly enough with People Home, a couple of the things that happened with Flows were when everyone went home, um, our Purple Can Club, before we pulled them, the volume in them almost doubled. We were using, um, those of you who have seen the containers, they're 30-yard roll-off boxes. We had to pull them almost daily. Wow. If we let them go like three days now, you can imagine the size of that container. Yeah. We'd go out there, and the container would be full, and there'd be stuff on the ground around it, all glass. So um, the good news, bad news is, is, the good news is, is that people really embrace that program. They really love seeing their glass being made into glass or all the other things it's made into. That's a heartwarming story. So we're really, we don't want to lose that momentum. We want to get those purple cans back out there. But the other problem we're having is, is um, our volumes at our drop-off centers are just went up dramatically. So when we're trying to social distance and deal with less um we put up plexiglass barriers and our scale houses and stuff and trying to limit the touches of our scale house people interacting with folks we've had lines all the way out to the highway um with people being home and and cleaning out structures so uh, another question i should address that i get is is because of all this added volume there's a couple things people have said well if you're not collecting yard waste why not make yard waste free well the problem is we're getting so much volume into our facilities that if we made it free and most of all the other jurisdictions around us had eliminated yard waste collection make what free uh, yard waste so residents instead of it being collected could bring it into the drop-off centers okay and we just don't want to be a magnet to draw that many people in to keep it, it's hard to control that kind of flow into our facilities. It's it's not really about the revenue. It's really about us not wanting to be a magnet to have. We're, we're struggling a little bit right now just keeping people social distance sure. right now at the facility. So we're trying to strike that. We want those facilities open. They're critical to people to manage their solid waste and their other materials. They drop off recyclables. There's a lot of other things that go on there. But we're just trying to do it and and have it be a responsible function that, you know. So uh, another question I had, just as as a resident mm-hmm. also, uh, both what Swana uh, said and what the county is on the county waste uh, county website is it, it talks about let's avoid spring cleaning. And so let's define what that is. What do we want people not doing, not spring cleaning? What, what does that mean? Well, you know, it's fine, but um, what we're seeing is this increased volume. It's just that 
we're, we're having lines. So as the stay-at-home order came online and everyone went home, it was, well, let's do something constructive. So it was remodeling and cleaning and cleaning out the attic and getting out everything that's been stored around for 20 years, which makes sense. I get that. And people are trying to, we're all trying to stay, you know, motivated and do constructive things. But when everyone gets the same idea, the line, the volumes that we're processing is really um, counterintuitive to what we're trying to do to... Um, with our limited staff and try to keep the social distancing at our facilities. So um, whatever you can do, I mean, we love that the environment's getting cleaner, but if it was a few weeks or a few months from now, that would be wonderful. But I understand how people are We need to flatten the curve. Yes, flatten the (laughs) curve. That's a good way to put it, Scott. (laughs) Thanks. Boy, one of the the, the new phrases we're going to have forever now. Um. (laughs) That's right. Well, but it's also a matter of when you're cleaning out those spaces, you've got a lot of stuff that doesn't fit in your bin that would then require someone to have to pick up. Um, That's not something that the the truck can pick up or it's just extra stuff, uh, you know, and we call it solid waste, but it's just extra an old chair, you you know, stuff that someone has to physically put their hands on near their body and then move it into a truck and handle it a number of times. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's kind of the point that I, when I saw just spring cleaning, I, I think that might have needed a little bit more explanation, but that, that's why we have forums like this to, to, to talk yeah. about. And that's a good point, Scott, also that I didn't mention that you reminded me of is our bulk collection. And people say, well, the, the person on the crane truck that comes by and picks up that couch or that chair or that big item with a crane is not touching the material. But that crane truck driver is now in a, when we're missing 30 or 40% mm-hmm. of their staff, they're driving the other truck. Sure. So it's not point. a fact that, that that crane driver was touching the material and getting it near their face or the PPE safety part of it. It is they've been redeployed to another activity. So... It's a good point because we mentioned yard waste, but I, I didn't mention the bulk cleanup had also been um, canceled. Uh, is this, when this all ends, is this going to cause, um, you know, as you look at some future planning, and I know right now none of us exactly have an idea of what quote unquote back to normal is going right. to be. And I've been, as I talk to folks, I'm always going to be curious to see how this changes some things permanently. Do you envision, just in your line of work, things that might have to change permanently because of this, or will this prepare us for something later on down the road um, that we're not thinking of? Yeah, I think it... And maybe it's a little too overused right now, but I do think it really applies and it fits is there will be a new normal. We, we will go back to other things. We're going to start yard waste and we're going to start and do the glass program. But really the learnings from if there's if there's good things that can come out of it, it's really learning about PPE, learning handling procedures. How do we keep our employees that we're more resilient going forward? Um, we'll get We'll get back to all the services again, but there really will be a new normal and understanding the way we do our business. And um, if we can change to a business that has better protection for our employees, you know, it should be noted that the solid waste business um, is 
the fifth most dangerous business in the country statistically hmm. um, by the number of fatalities in it a year. So we're always and if we watch is, TV, the most dangerous is obviously king crab fishing. Th- right? Actually, they are. <laughs> they are. They are one of the ones ahead of us. It's logging and commercial fishing, <laughs> fishing, but solid waste is in there, and so when we can recreate something and make it a better thing and we want to move out we want we don't want to be in that statistic anymore as an industry and we certainly don't at fairfax sure um so one of the other comments that we get are with all these people being laid off why don't you just take them over and make them garbage people solid waste professionals it is such a dangerous business that you just can't take someone off the street or even if you have a cdl license and say hey here's a solid waste vehicle you know, start, um, you know, collecting waste. Mm -hmm. It is really, when you think about the traffic and, uh, you know, we had the slowdown and it's law here now, slowdown to get around. It's a dangerous people texting and not looking up and there's solid waste professionals on the back of the truck. Um, It's a dangerous, dangerous business. But we really do look forward to coming out of it with a new normal, with, with better protection for our people. They're so important to us. Well, and I and I know out of all this, and and, and maybe certainly the county has a difficult time, uh, you know, adding jobs for you know after the the budgetary crisis that this is going to be. But maybe the other um, the other haulers over time might be able to hire more folks and and train them up and, and get them in, involved in, into it eventually if, if there's more down the Yeah, road. I think as an industry, we're all looking at that. And, um, you know, they'll go back, and uh, at some point the privates will go back to the more commercial operations. But, um, you know, we've had folks that have been with us for over 30 years, and um, it, it's a different breed of people that are really believing the environment, believe in what they do. They get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and when you see it out there raining sideways and blowing and cold, those folks are out there every day. So we're, we're just have a lot of admiration, whether they're in our tractor trailers, in our offices, or on the back of a truck or in the front of a truck. So let's go back and review, um, because we want to make sure that we get a checklist out to folks about what we want to remind uh, the county residents uh, about where we are with current solid waste trash uh, collection, and what we—the message that DPWES and Swana, what what we want to get out. What's the message on how things have changed? Just to get a list. Well, really, um, it's the waste in the container, and have it containerized and and not loose in there. That that helps our folks. Uh, nothing on the ground. I will tell you, though, that if folks have a small amount of yard waste, right now we're waiving that. If they can put their yard waste and fit it in with their solid waste, um, if they have a small amount, that can go in the container, but just make sure it's in the container. Uh, bulk collection is canceled. Um, we don't want folks um, still bagging all of their yard waste and lining it up on the street. That's mm-hmm. not safe or good for anybody for um and, and I promise as soon as we have staff back enough that we can withstand it, we will go back to those services and the purple containers. Um, 
as with any other business, um, we love folks coming to our drop-off centers, but if you can delay, um, you know, if that attic hasn't been cleaned out in 15 years, wait a few months, and and we'll still be there for you. We're trying to uh, limit that. We're still working on, you know, there may be some other changes to our services. Um, I know we're one of the we closed household hazardous waste at our I-95 facility. We're still examining it at I-66. Most of the other um, household hazardous waste facilities in the region have closed. Um, that's at a constant um, evaluation. We're trying to keep open as much stuff as we can. We've limited mulch for for uh, social distancing on, on that front. We want to get back to that. We have a lot of the material. We're going to see if we can uh, have some limited opening up of mulch again. So, um, you know, that's that's really what we're looking for out there. So, and as of right now, they are still, the county is still collecting recyclables, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, we are. Now, I, I, I have heard that some of the private companies um, – based on the amount of drivers that they have and routes that they have and their limited staffing, um, some of the private contractors have been limiting um, the uh, amount of recyclables that they're picking up and they're only picking up solid waste. Is that correct? I, you know, and I'll go back and check on that. I haven't really heard the recyclables. I think, and and I'll have to check on this, but I, I, I have seen some traffic on people would put out the recyclables and then have cardboard and stuff outside the bin. I think that might have been limited on the stuff okay. on the ground. Um, but I'll check on that. That's a good tip. I've been kind of watching our traffic on our social media. Um, not all what we've done at the county as a regulator is waived the requirement that they have to pick up yard waste. Not all the private haulers have stopped picking up yard waste. Okay. Um, I won't get into the detail, but it's kind of on the way your your company is structured in the days of routing and number of collection days a week. So some of the from the big big haulers to the small haulers, there's still some folks out there collecting that material. So you really have to check check with your hauler and see what what their uh, processes are. But we've just given them the flexibility to work within the staffing that they have. Sure. And, and, and I know a lot of folks live in different types of environments in the county where uh, sometimes individual residents have a contract with an individual uh, trash collector. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them, if they live in a uh, place where um, they have a homeowners association, you know, they pay their homeowners association fee and have no idea who does their trash collecting. Um, and so, and then others, the county picks it up. So, and, and I think it's really important to remind residents to, first of all, if you don't contract with someone directly, talk to your homeowners association and have an understanding on what your specific contract uh, does. Because I know. Everyone is also used to twice-a-week pickup, and I've heard through the grapevine that sometimes that the, the Board of Supervisors has allowed for it to be picked up only once a week as a minimum requirement. Um, so I, I, I think some of that is you need to check with your specific hauler on what they're doing. That, that's a great point, Scott, because some people do have a a group negotiated thing through their HOA, and then they'll pick a private hauler. And you're right, 90% of the county is involved in some way with 
private haulers. Um, the county code and our sanitary districts for you know 25 years or beyond has always been once a week. Um, there was a lot of private arrangements that were made for twice a week. That's kind of changing. Excuse me, the industry's kind of changing philosophies on that. There, there's still both situations out there, but I think it's kind of moving more towards once-a-week collection, and that's more prevalent in uh, the U.S. and all the places I've worked. Once-a-week collection is much more common. It, Twice-a-week collection has stayed here for a long time. I, I, I think we see that changing. Also, you brought up another good point is where we're asking everybody to keep things in a container. There are some things we're trying to convert, and I think private industry is as well, is there's townhome situations and HOAs that didn't really have room for containers, and so they've always been, and this is part of the new normal, they've always been able to put bags out by the curb. And um, so we're, we're looking at every one of those cases. The majority of the residents in the county have containers, but um, there are situations that have been you know, just bags at the street for a long time. And uh, we're trying to catch up with all that right now. So, Well, I, we greatly appreciate all that you and your team and all the wonderful employees working their butts off to, to, to keep our streets and our homes clean and our county clean. It's, it's greatly appreciated. And I hope you guys get notice, notice about that. It sounds like you do. Well, thank you, Scott. And it was really good to be able to, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth and 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 it just to have a chance to talk about it is great and i appreciate you having in here and and i'll pass those kind words on to our employees they're a great bunch right so just to review glass recycling is on hold the plastics and paper cardboard is still going on it can be picked up in your bins um Make sure you check with your local hauler, HOA, or if you have a contract to see what um, your uh, hauler is, is doing, if they have any changes due to their staffing issues and their stay-at-home issues also. Um, please keep everything in the bins. Uh, we want them bagged in the bins and not loose so things don't fly everywhere and that um, the employees then have to pick stuff up. Um, uh, please do not put your yard waste out. Uh, we want to mulch, compost, uh, uh, leave it on the side of the house for now until we can get time to pick it all up. It will come back. Um, as well as the glass recycling, the purple cans will come back. It's a very successful program, and we want people to continue to do it. Um, and um, just everyone needs to have a little understanding on what's going on. There are changes afoot, and we're all adjusting as we go. How does that sound? That sounds really good, Scott. Okay. Where can folks go to get more information about everything that I just talked about? Uh, if you go under the Public Works page and then click on Solid Waste, um, whatever changes are evolving, we try to keep that site updated daily, and there are a lot of changes your your tip about checking with your haulers it's not a very static situation right now things are ever evolving so whether it's our website under solid waste under public works or whether it's your private hauler we encourage you to stay current because um, things are changing and spring cleaning if you got a spring clean keep everything in the bin we don't want a ton of extra bags and extra pickups that we have to do or extra large bulk items that's going to be on hold for just a little while so thank you for coming in. Really appreciate this. I'm hoping we can get the word out about a lot of this. 
because um, a lot of people have a lot of questions, and so this was a great opportunity for us to have this conversation. John, thanks a lot for coming in. Thanks for having us, Scott. So that's it for this episode of EnviroPod. Uh, if you want to hear more, you can find us at fairfaxcounty.gov slash podcast. Of course, the DPWES website, where there are also a lot more information, as well as we're on iTunes and SoundCloud. The video of this podcast, since we're social distancing, we thought we'd record it here in the studio also, will be shown on Channel 16 on our COVID-19 video on demand page. On YouTube, eventually, we have to caption it, so it takes a little bit more time, and the DPWES website. If you have any questions, comments, or an idea for a topic to be discussed on EnviroPod, email swpdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. Or you can call 703-324-5821. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to my good friend, Irene, for making all this happen. Hi, Irene. And that's it for this episode of Pod. I'm Scott Coco. We'll see you next time.